This is Pete Moore on Halo Talks NYC. I have the pleasure of having Partha hailing from Los Angeles and a fellow Strong Islander, Jared here from Plainview. We're going to talk wow. about lasso socks. We're going to talk about being an entrepreneur. We're going to talk about current times and conditions. And we're going to talk about how to compress everyone into a healthier lifestyle. You can use that as a, as a tagline if you want. Royalty free. Royalty free. Yeah. Partha, take it over. Jared, fire away. Cool. So you wanna wanna get a little bit about me? So um I'm from Columbus, Ohio. Uh this is the one thing that Jared and I were polar opposites. He's a New Yorker. I live in LA. I am a huge Ohio State fan. He's a University of Michigan fan, which has been I went to University University of Michigan. Different. You did not (laughs) go to Ohio State. Go blue. (laughs) <laughs> but yeah yeah my background i studied biomedical engineering at georgia tech so from a kid i was always like not super athletic but very into sports and it was after breaking my ankle uh playing basketball in college that i got to this point where um, i started doing all this rehab and up until this point i had just not been very athletic so i set the goal for myself i want to dunk a basketball and being Indian and uh, brown, like that's not genetically in the cards for us. But um, my guess was, well, if I can get there, then not only will I have made a point to myself motivationally, but also have learned a lot about how my body works. And that's what I did. Over 10 weeks, I added 10 inches to my vertical. Dunked no a basketball. Way. Yeah, added like 25 pounds of muscle at the same time. And uh, it was there that I was like, okay, cool. The body's actually a lot more amazing than we give it credit for and, and credit to the, the Halo lifestyle and what this podcast is all about. When you treat yourself right, you can do so much with your life. It's a very empowering feeling. So for me, it was, okay, how can I give that kind of semblance of strength that I got in my joint after an injury to everybody else? And that's really where the lasso tech came from was the desire to give you the same benefit I got from a strength and and balance standpoint after like a year of intensive rehab immediately upon pulling up our sock. Gotcha. So can you, before we jump, well, Jared, do you want to give your, uh, give your background here as well and and then how you guys connected? No, well, that is, that gets actually the interesting part of the story. As far as uh, movement goes, you know, back in Plainview, I was the star, the starting pitcher for the uh, varsity team until I was a senior and realized I was Jewish and Italian and that wasn't going to make it like there. So most of my <laughs> days, my actually calves usually hurt from spending three hours at a fish show dancing around. So that's why I fell off the knee for compression socks. But it gets an interesting story because for me, my dad was a dentist. So my exposure to the corporate world is really few and far between. So naturally, I went to law school. And I became enamored with Wall Street. I started off in a law firm doing reverse mergers and pipes, taking Chinese companies public into the U.S. That world was sketchy and shady, and that's a whole different type of podcast. But I started really getting curious about how business ran from the inside, how it all fit together. So I went in-house. And most recently, I was actually general counsel and heading up corporate development for Jim Cramer's company, The Street. Prior to that, I was uh, in-house for another public company called FXCM. And I was always the youngest guy in the room. But I had a seat at the table, and both companies were going through times of massive transition. FXCM was intense growth mode, just did an IPO. The street was a complete gut renovation of the business. And we successfully turned it around, of course, then just to sell it off in parts. And uh, I've had this incredible experience that I'm thankful for. But frankly, most of the time, it was absolutely gut-wrenching, gut-wrenching yep. the business. Um, and 
I'm very thankful for it, but I became disenchanted with Wall Street 13 years after I went to it, like a wide-eyed kid. But then uh, the Partha effect happened, what I like to call. Ooh. I'd been an investor in Lasso for about a year and a half ago, and I started to build this relationship with Partha. Uh, got to know the business, brought on some investors, made some connections for the company. And frankly, I never once thought I'd work for the company. But after I sold the street, Partha and I got to talking one night and it was like, Eureka, join them. Not only use my experience to take the business to the next level, but help them be part of these next generation of companies that show the world that a values-based company can be uber successful and that a company can consider all stakeholders, not just shareholders, and everything will be all right. So that's what I did. Took a 95% pay cut. My wife and two and a half year old kid, they love that. But, you know, look, I always like to say there's no substitute for experience. So in the case of my experience, that's what shaped me and where I am today. That's great. And how did you guys originally connect? It was actually through a random connection. Uh, one of my investors connected me to somebody else who wanted to invest. And that guy had met Jared, I think, what, at a, at a restaurant or something? Yeah, actually, that gut wrenching uh, experience I was having at my last company, I decided. Oh, yeah, the Red a, Lobster, uh, the Red Lobster in Plainview. Nah, no, nah, no. come on, I'm subjectively kosher. Come on. Ah, bro. Nah, no, nah, no. Nah. I was downtown. I was, I, was, I was downtown. I was getting a, a, a perfect martini, you know, half uh, half sweet, half dry vermouth. And I ran into someone who went to Michigan. And as my wife knows, because she bought me a T-shirt that says "Arrogant Michigan Alumni," um, we got to talking. <laughs> And uh, we came really close. And then uh, you had this opportunity uh, with, uh, with, uh, with Lasso, with Partha, and um, kind of been off to the races since there. Been uh, gotcha. pretty, pretty incredible. All right. So to the perfect martini, to the, uh, to the perfect partnership. So Lasso, uh, before, uh, Lasso Partha, before we go forward and, and talk about the product and the technology, how did you – get a 10 inch vertical leap rolling after 10 weeks. Yeah. So it was, um, basically six days a week in the gym, uh, and then one off day of rest. What I was doing was uh, a lot of basically splitting my days into a explosion type fast twitch building day. So for, I'm sure everybody listening has some background, but basically you have your slow twitch, neutral fibers and fast twitch fibers, you're born with that, but you can get your neutral fibers to act like fast twitch or slow twitch. So um, I had one set of exercises that were a lot of jumps, like box jumps, bounds, things like that, a lot of jump rope every day. Um, that builds your neutral twitch to act more like fast twitch, where you get that very fast explosion. And then on the flip side, the other days were adding muscle. So basically adding as much strength as I could. So balancing those two things, making sure my upper body and core didn't get um, neglected. The core especially is like the foundation of really all of your movement. Um, mm. So making sure I did that. And then on the side, uh, it was stretching every single day for like 25, 30 minutes to make sure the muscles were as long as possible because mm. length of the muscle before contraction is a big deal. Um, and then finally diet. So I ate out one meal per week during that period of time. And it was at Chipotle. That was like what I let myself treat with. And I was staying very active. So I was eating probably 4,000 calories a day. Wow. All right, cool. So how did you uh, turn your uh, your passion and your vertical leap into a technology for the socks? Yeah, so um, it, it's honestly pretty straightforward. But when you look at 
how we support a joint, right? And the concept of coming back from an injury, you've got your whole stream of medical devices. You could use a wheelchair, then maybe a walker, a crutch, a cane, and then an ankle brace, right? And then from there, they're expecting you to get back to 100%. But the disconnect I had was, well, an ankle brace is really restricting your range of motion. So when I take that off, I don't feel secure in my foot or ankle. So how do I get from 90 to 100%? And in fact, the majority of re-injuries happen right then when somebody gets off of their ankle brace uh, in the first few times that they're really trying to go 100%. So having experienced that personally and hearing it from millions of people, I was I was just thinking, what can we do to really change this? And the answer was to create a way to stabilize the joint, but not restrict motion. So how can I give you support, but not limit the way your ankle moves? And uh, medical taping can be very rigid. Kinesio taping uh, kind of can do that, but both of those technologies wear off very quickly. In fact, a lot of studies show that in even just 10 minutes or by the end of this podcast, it'll be completely ineffective if you had taped up right before we started talking. So... Mm-hmm. That's not a great solution. And it's also an extra step. You got to educate people. You got to get them used to it. But the science behind it is right. You're supposed to support those parts of the foot and ankle. That's the whole point of the taping or of the bracing. So uh, my thought was, well, we put on socks every day and socks are tight. They, they clasp to the skin. Compression socks are a nice space with products that also add with circulation benefits. Um, so how can we take that category and really add in extra support in the same areas as taping or bracing. So that's really where the origination of the technology came from was to simulate the benefits by pushing up against the right ligaments and tendons around the foot and ankle to actually give you benefit. Got it. So, so Jared, you looked at this business, you said, Hey, I want to invest in this. What got you over the hurdle of saying, Hey, that's a really cool product, but that's not a company. Or that's a company because of Partha and because I see where the market's heading and the potent and the current players in the space are more apparel companies. They're not thinking about it as functional, you know, or or preventive equipment. So so what was in your mindset to say, hey, I'm gonna put capital into this and then also to actually join the business? The floor is yours, my friend. Yeah. Yeah. You know. As part of the sort of metric, everyone moves and everyone wears socks. Uh, so I like to say, really, the socks are our Trojan horse. And the big differentiator, look, compression's been around forever, but what Partha has really invented, uh, look, we have the approved patent for it. That That's it right there. Um, okay. Having that and then being able to cast a wide net because everyone wears socks, everybody moves. We like to call it something called the move, the movement cycle. Whether you're hurt, whether you're, uh, you know, athletic, uh, you know, performance sports, or just lifestyle, there's an entry point for everyone. That's a big opportunity. So, and then if you create a brand around that, um, a trustworthy brand, you build a community. I mean, really, the world's your oyster. Because I look at it as if you look at the uh, food and uh, like food uh, the '90s, we're all eating McDonald's. I know you're still eating McDonald's and all that crap, but most of us are only eating in the '80s and '90s, right? And so that diabetes, obesity, and all that kind of stuff. So then what? They made you put nutrition labels on. These days, everyone's eating organic food. If you look at body armor, body armor, incredible, meteoric rise. They're taking right on, right on Gatorade. They were a startup. They're taking what? They're saying Gatorade. You're all sugar. You could have body armor. It's just a little bit better for you, right? Mm-hmm. So yep. I said, look, let's look at the apparel space, right? When I, when I saw what Partha was doing. And 
people jumped right to advanced technology, all the, the smart clothing that people are wearing. Um, technology changes every day, every week. There's a new iPhone every other month, right? So, hey, what Parth is doing was going back, saying, look at the clothes you're wearing. How can that be sort of more functional, right? We could always add technology on later once we kind of build ourselves up. So I thought it was a very disciplined, um, smart approach. And so with my experience of being able to build a strong foundation for sustainable business and, and really loving kind of creating things and connecting dots and building companies and stuff, uh, it was a great fit, not only as an investor, and then to come on board. Got it. So, so Partha, how do you feel, you know, waking up knowing that you're against, you know, some of the large, well-funded, you know, businesses, whether that's, you know, Nike, I don't even know if they do it on their own or if they, you know, have somebody who's got, you know, the sock license, obviously. Um, you got Under Armour, which, you know, has, has geared themselves more towards, you know, we're functional fitness, uh, lifestyle attire. You got mission athlete that's out there trying to do things, you know, not necessarily on point to what you're doing. Um, and then I've seen, you know, some of these commercials with, uh, you know, Brett Favre, you know, potentially like returning to the NFL cause he's wearing, you know, copper tone or whatever the fuck that's called. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. like, how do you wake up every day and being like, you know, I got a 10, 10 inch higher vertical leap. I went to Georgia tech and, um, you know, I'm going to go roll up against these bad boys with, uh, with Jared from Plainview. Well, Pete, I mean, we, yeah, we don't, we don't Holla. compete. That's, that's the thing at the end of the day. Okay. If you, you're into hip hop, right? I mean, I've heard it. I've heard a couple, <laughs> couple, couple of so times every now and again. There's that saying, stay in your lane. And the point is a fan of Drake can also be a fan of Jay-Z. Drake and Jay-Z aren't the same. They exist different for different reasons. <laughs> they solve different needs. That's what we saw with Lasso is, we're not in the same lane as any other brand out there. So that means our potential is pretty unlimited because what we're doing from a need servicing standpoint for the human is we're solving a problem that they've had for forever that's very overlooked because of a lot of the detractors and how our current healthcare infrastructure is built. The category of products that we're innovating in is, is actually called durable medical equipment. And that's the most overlooked category in the sector because everything's heavily commoditized. In the medical space, the reimbursements are crap. So hospitals don't want to carry it. Physicians don't want to carry it. All those products are really like the most ignored of every other product out there. And then people in the sock space, like a Nike or an Adidas, the socks are an afterthought, which their whole thing is sell shoes and sell branded apparel to sell more shoes. Um, so for us, we're really taking a different approach and doing it for a different reason. So we don't feel we're competing at all. Gotcha. So when you look at your go-to-market strategy, what, is that, what does that look like? And, and how have you thought through, and maybe Jared, from your, you know, I use the term experience is what you get when you don't get what you want. So I got a lot of experience to tell people like, look, <laughs> man, I tried that. And I know you think the world order is different, but going through a distributor and going through getting shelf space and, you know, like your margins are getting burned up and you don't even know it. So yeah. what, how, how do you think about that? And, you know, Jared, from your standpoint, you know, uh, after Partha gives that, because the answer here, you know, how, how have you kind of re rethought the, the supply chain and, you know, getting to consumers in scale? Yeah. I'll jump in on the high level and then let, let Jared get into some of the details here. But uh, from the high level of our go-to-market, we've, we've just been more on the curious side. We choose to learn as opposed to make assumptions. And so when it comes to what channels will we use or all of that, our whole plan is we've gone e-commerce, only e-commerce, only on our website from day one. 
with the understanding that we're going to learn so much more from the people that end up picking up our product than we will by trying to guess who actually needs the product, which channels to go through. But it's with that information, that knowledge of who we can help the most and who is the most passionate about our product, knowing geographically, knowing uh, all the psychographics, the demographics of all of these people and leveraging that to then have a very data heavy case to the distribution channels as to why our product works. And I'll let Jared get into more of the specifics about um, how we're doing that in a disruptive way in the space. Well, look, I mean, I just think it all comes down to discipline. You know, I like to say when, you know, I came on, they were a startup company now becoming an emerging growth company because it was amazing the traction they got. I mean, they were, we're very fortunate that we have um, the investors and the advisors that we do that are big name athletes or big names in the industry, big names from, you know, Adidas and that kind of places like that. We're involved right now in the Stadia Sports uh, Startup Accelerator Program and being uh, big people like that. But, and it's, it's so easy to sort of get bright lights, big city and, um, kind of accelerate and accelerate and accelerate things could happen. Then you don't have inventories. I mean, the fact is, is that we were uh, manufacturing outside of the U S last year. And fortunately, even before all this coronavirus stuff, uh, unfortunately happened, we brought it into domestic. So basically it's that, like I said, really building that strong foundation that he put in place, the processes and systems to ensure mm-hmm. a sustainable business adjusting on an as needed basis, what works and what doesn't. Like I said, the Trojan horse of the stock, is really big because like Partha said, we can get the data. Data is gold. I say like when you go to a company and there's a 401k that matches, like you got to put the most in. It's free money, right? So sure. it's like the data right now is that is like that matching of a 401k. It's free gold. And so you have to be able to you use that to your advantage. So being able to build that community, understand who the customer is. And what really our advantage is, is because we have this patented technology, right? Coming out with new products in the future, it's not like uh, if you are a sock company, you're an underwear company, uh, you're known for that particular product. And at some point, you need to you need to keep bringing revenue. You need to build a business. So what do you do? You do colors. You do some low-hanging fruit. Then you try to come out with other products. Um, and those other products, like, what's the benefit of them? Maybe have you built that brand that's strong enough? That's a hard thing these days when there's a million brands looking at you, right? But for us, we feel pretty confident because we have this, uh, this technology that can be really used on any joint within the body. And again, that's without even using the advanced technology yet. So being that different approach. Have you had to um, send any uh, cease and desist? Have you had anybody that's been trying to uh, use your technology and you'd have to, uh, you got to shut them down or has that been, hasn't been an issue yet? Not an issue yet. And you'd be surprised how few people actually want to enter the space we're in Um, that hybrid sports with medical benefit type space, because something I've said before when we've been pitching investors is uh, when the question comes up, why hasn't someone done this or why aren't more people taking this angle? You'd be hard pressed to find somebody with a biomedical engineering background that's as passionate about hip hop and street culture as I am. And that's the exact reason a lot of people don't go down this lane because you have to be able to hang out with athletes or with entertainers or celebrities or influencers. And you also have to be able to hang out with very, very technical um, textile engineers at the same time. And if you can't bridge that, you can't build a business the way we are. Got it. So as you looked at, um, you know, I went, I went through your site before uh, we got on the, the podcast here. So you, you've, you've got it men's female, yeah, men's women's, you've got different, size categories you got i think only black and white uh and then you also have it by by sport so 
as a small company and, you know, without disclosing like what your balance sheet looks like, but you know, you got a fair amount of SKUs out there and you got to manage your inventory, you know, as best you can. So how have you guys, you know, collaborated and be able to say, okay, look, our, our goal is to not be sitting with too much excess inventory that, that nobody wants. Cause that's kind of like eats up most of our profitability when you really net everything out, forget about on a, unit by unit basis, but how have you thought about that? Because we've had a number of people in to or are starting up companies and they get kind of caught in this, you know, more traditional apparel business of I got like 10 different colors, I got four different sizes. At the end of the day, you know, you got a hundred thousand dollars worth of inventory that's shit that's in like some warehouse. And you know, you're saying, oh, I made a mistake on this order. And then you look back five years and it seems like you made a mistake on every every order every year. You know, so how do you guys think about staying lean and mean and and, and understanding the the the, the down downstream uh, demand? Well, yeah, I'll jump in. Um, I think there's a couple things to think about with that. Um, I mean, number one for us, it's just staying on top of our numbers. Uh, but number two, when it comes to the products and how we express them to customers, we're very intentional about what angles we try. And we're very intentional about our messaging one-on-one with the customer. So when we think about how we're building inventory, for example, for a particular campaign, it's fully structured into the campaign building as well as the content creative and et cetera. So it's a front-to-back effort and everything is contained within that campaign as to what we're projecting, what we're going for, et cetera. So we, we tie inventory in with marketing and actually the projections that we leverage that we then tweak and add our, our B2B side when we're going to our manufacturer, all of that is originated from our marketing team based on the past sales data for similar campaigns, et cetera. So uh, we tend to be very, very systematic in our approach and we try to keep everything project-based. Yeah. And it's like, uh, you know, I always say it's like a spoke on a wheel and that's what we're aiming to. And it comes down to that discipline again. I mean, there's a reason you don't see colors yet. There's a reason you don't see, uh, you know, co-branding yet, you know, a supreme drop of a lasso stock yet. There's a reason you don't see it out in any every anytime fitness or every other gym yet. And we're working on all that stuff. And you know, it's gonna be seeing that, but it's so important for us to have those systems processes in place, understand how it, it is all connected with the inventory. That's sort of the benefit for now doing the uh the DTC is that you can you don't have to really have all buy all this up front and have it in a warehouse. There are certain options for there. And that's why as we build this brand, build a business and the relationships that we've built the people that will be coming on are going to be a lot sophisticated to be able to help us with distribution, how we structure that game and how we work within it um, and when to come out. Everything's got to be purposeful as well. Because I just wanted to also say is that for everything that we do, if I come out with a color, I'm not just coming out with it for any reason. I want it to be for a specific, there's a strategy behind it. And if it a color is dropping or co-branding is dropping, there's going to be a plan for that after that, after that. And that's what it kind of meant that, that, that again, that word discipline, which has been a theme throughout so far. Got it. So where did the name Lasso come from? It's a cool word. Um, no, really because of the feeling when you pull on the socks, it feels like all of your foot and ankle area just got pulled up and in. You feel more streamlined. And we also wanted to tap into kind of the previous use case of the word lasso with the sentiment of a cowboy, that feeling of freedom, the Wild West, like you can kind of do anything you want. Because at the core, we believe that movement for people is the purest feeling of freedom. When you're hurt and you can get up and leave your house again, or during this quarantine is a great example. Everyone's sitting at home and when we can go do whatever we want again, 
that's freedom. And so we wanted to evoke that emotion with the brand name. Got it. That's great. So um, it, it sounds like in, in the coming months or when the halo sector reopens, um, you guys might be further down the path into doing either, um, you know, potentially co-branding. Um, you know, we got like Switch Playground is one of our clients and they do a lot of high intensity training, uh, do a fair amount of apparel. Colors are black and gold. So, you know, we could be a, a purchaser of, you know, a fair amount of socks that could go towards refer a member, get a pair of socks. Um, we could be promoting it as, you know, the, the way to prevent injuries. Um, so, you know, what, what, what's the timeline on you guys being ready to start entertaining some of those discussions with some of the larger chains that we work with? And, um, and how, do, uh, how do people from our listener base here contact you if they just want to go direct to consumer and get a pair of socks for their house during the, uh, during the pandemic halftime show? Yeah, absolutely. On the co-brand side, one of the big things for us is um, making sure everything's done with quality. So co-branding logos, not there yet, but doing any sort of marketing collaboration, we're 100% there. We're actually talking to a few at-home fitness companies about doing different promos like that. We're talking to some gyms, that sort of thing. So that's definitely an opportunity anytime uh, to reach out. You can hit up me or Jared. It's Partha at Lasso Gear or Jared at Lasso Gear. Dot com so um, super easy there yeah you know I was just saying you know look the the unfortunate circumstances of the world that we find ourselves in and you mentioned oh when the halo uh, sort of uh, market gets back up and running but look I look at, you know it's it's certainly been devastated and, and it's horrible what's been happening to people but it's forced people that are at home. there's two types of people now there's people at home and then there's people on the front line and so the people at home you see trying to have them stay active. I mean, I know there's obviously before even this whole thing, COVID started, the, um, the at-home fitness was already establishing its presence. But now you see a surge with everything happening. Um, a lot of gyms, physical gyms, people are trying to uh, you know, YouTube and create videos and provide streams for people. Uh, corporate wellness programs and organizations, they want, there's going to be a lot of remote working for now on. They want their employees who are at home to stay active. Even the ones that are at their desk, they've been giving them standing desk. So... So during all this time, um, it's that so even while we're at home, you know, we're working on certain things that people can still stay active when they're at home. They're not they're not wearing shoes or just they want the confidence, they want that extra support um, as well. And of course, just to note that look, we're also very we care about the people that are on the front lines there that are on their feet 18 hours a day trying to help out there. Uh, last week we launched a move with compassion campaign. Um, you know, our tagline is move with confidence. Uh, so we did a move with compassion uh, campaign, which uh, basically, we're going to donate uh, a pair of socks to doctors, nurses, first responders who are out there on the front lines every time someone uh, goes on our site uh, onto the campaign page and uh, makes a purchase. But uh, you know, that's something that really means a lot to us. And you know, we wish that this whole situation didn't happen, but it really does fit into our sort of brand values and, 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 our, and our message here. That's great. So, Partha, any, um, any quotes that, you, uh, that people know? Uh, I'd say Arthur definitely said that or says that all the time. And and same with you, Jared. We're in in like a quote collection mode as part of our Halo talks here, imparting wisdom or the way you think or some philosophies. Yeah, I'll give you you the, the thing that I've been on most recently. So it's the difference between X and X squared thinking. And that, I think, is how you build a great business. So X thinking is linear. It means that 
when you get an order, how do I get this order to the customer? How do I make it? You're going one by one. And that type of thinking works until it doesn't work. But it's very necessary at the startup phase because you have to learn and understand the systems of how many orders come in, which sources they come from. And you have to move in a very linear, very, I would say, exploratory way up front. But you get to this point where all of a sudden you have a ton of order volume because you figured out how your business works. You figured out who you sell to. You figured out how you make your product. You figured out your supply chain. So what's next? Well, X squared thinking is really where you scale a business from. Scaling Mm -hmm. means systems. It means for the same eight hours you put in every day, can you handle 10 times as much volume? Not twice, not 50% more, like literally 10x. And so... That's something I talk about every day, all day, is switch from X to X squared thinking. Don't spend your time doing rote tasks that can be automated. Spend your time building the automation systems to automate those tasks and move on to the next system because that's how great businesses get built. Got it. Yeah. Jerk. Yeah. A couple of things I'll just say, close it up then, is everything uh, should have a narrative. I would say that everything, creating, communicating, staying on that narrative, everything should have a narrative. Um, as far as playing the game, I like to always say Bob and weave, Bob and weave, play the game, Bob and weave to fit your personality and mm-hmm. then, uh, lock arms with good people. Good people help good people who help good people. And those good people will be the leaders of the next generation with you, which is what our big policy is lasso, which is a no asshole policy. I like it. Yep. All right, guys. Well, great to meet you. Thanks for coming on the, uh, the show here. We will, uh, distribute the link out to you all of our Halo evangelists and participants and uh, love what you're doing. And uh, not only is it, it sounds like a great product, but a, a mission overall. And you're basically infusing that through the distribution of the, of the product. So uh, I'll, I'll be, uh, I'll be an online purchase. So I want to get from X to Y and then maybe you get me to X squared, but I will take my socks. I'll go white. I'll go white in tw- size 12 and you will see that order coming through shortly. My guy, thank you. Thank All right, you. guys. All right, great to meet you. Have All a right, good one. Be healthy, safe. Active. All right, boys. Thanks. Take care. This is Pete Moore. As you know, I am a big believer in personal development. I got a time-saving opportunity here for you, recommending Dan Millman's Four Purposes of Life. Go to audible.com forward slash Halo Talks. You want to register there, get a free audio book. It's $14.95 a month thereafter, giving you things that I do to make myself better and hopefully it makes you better. Go Halo. Let's play to win. <laughs>